Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm honored to have my brother in Christ, Andre Cooley, on the show today to hear his testimony and how he met Jesus. Andre currently serves on staff with Athletes in Action as a campus affiliate staff volunteer and previously was on staff at Traders Point Christian Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Andre, how are you? Good, man. Noah, thanks for having me on here, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited all the work you've been doing with the podcast, and I'm really honored to be on here, man. So thank you. Absolutely, brother. It's a pleasure. And Andre, let's start off by really talking about the early years of your life. What role did God have in your life growing up, and how did that impact the early years of your life? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I didn't grow up in the church, so um, I didn't get a lot of exposure within um, with the growing up within the church and just hearing the Bible stories and things like that. Um, my mom did instill biblical principles in my life. She was a believer, but just chose um, not to raise me in the church due to some circumstances and mm-hmm. things she kind of been through in her life. But um, yeah, I was, uh, as I was growing up, you know, I would, my mom would pray with me before I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I would learn to recite some prayers. Um, I had relatives who would babysit me, who would watch me and they would plant seeds, you know, some nights. Um, my aunts and uncles and whoever was watching me would sing hymns mm. um, and teach me some biblical songs and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also, you know, grew up playing sports. So oftentimes before games in a locker room as a team, we would recite the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. At the time, I had no idea what it meant or um, anything like that. I was just kind of like, you know, I thought it was a ritual that we would just do before the games. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, I, I grew up going to Salvation Army summer camp. So I would mm exposed to the bible you know i would hear the stories you know noah's ark and the story of adam and eve in the garden and different yeah. things like that um but i think the piece that was missing really in my early stages of my life was just the centrality of the gospel and mm-hmm. jesus i didn't quite um i don't know if i was exposed to it or if i hadn't heard it but i just really didn't get the concept of mm-hmm. um, who jesus was and his centrality within the bible you know there's this quote that somebody said that i resonate with where they said you know, I grew up hearing the stories of the Bible, but I didn't grow up hearing the story of the Bible, mm. you know, the meta narrative, yeah. um, all the scripture pointing to Jesus and culminating in the gospel. So mm. I think that I did get quite familiar with the Bible stories and things like that. Just mm. growing up, you know, going to Salvation Army summer camp and having you know, some exposure to friends and things like that who grew up in the church. Mm. Um, but that wasn't really quite my experience. So most of what I had within my relationship with God early on was really just you know, kind of piggyback, piggybacking off of, you know, other people and just kind of hearing different things about the Bible and things like that, man. So that's kind of my little bit of my background within that. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing, Andre. I think it is really interesting. Just all of us have a different upbringing, uh, whether it be in the church or from a different religion or no religion at all, or kind of a surface level understanding of the gospel mm. story or the Bible stories. And I think it's just so cool 
even just hearing those those seeds that are planted, how they have an impact. Um, and Absolutely. It's cool even just for you now, being where you are from a spiritual uh, perspective, just really that God even used those early years of your life, but maybe you weren't born again or you weren't serving Christ the way you are now. Uh, those mm-hmm. seeds were planted in some really cool ways. So uh, I, think I, I think I can relate too to your quote there of you hear the stories, but you don't hear the story. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up going to church my entire life and really never grasped the gospel until I was 21 years old. So I think there is, yeah. um, that is really true. And, and especially growing up in the United States, we do often get pretty acclimated to the popular um, biblical stories, but really mm-hmm. uh, miss out on the true meat of what the Bible is all about. So I appreciate you sharing Absolutely. that, Andre. That's great. And Andre, it's really interesting too. I think all of us face unique challenges, um, both as Christians and before Christians, but I love to hear what were some of the challenges you faced prior to following Christ uh, in your life, and what, do, what, what did those challenges or pain points teach you about yourself and your need for a Savior? Yeah, um, another great question. Um, I would love. I love to start just by talking a little bit, like you know, being a being an athlete most of my life, growing up playing sports. Um, I kind of had this mentality of just being an achiever. Mm. Um, I wanted to be the most well-rounded athlete, the most well-rounded student, the most well-rounded person. A lot of my understanding of what it was, um, or my understanding in my upbringing, some of the challenges was, you know essentially was just be a good person. Um, it was something yeah. I would often hear something. I often, I, I adopted that, um, view of just, you know, let's just, I just be a good person. Um, I used to have a journal as a kid that I got for Christmas one year and I would write in it occasionally, but every year on like new year's, my resolutions will always be, you know, I always wanted to be a better student, a better person, and a better athlete. And mm-hmm. a lot of it, honestly, I mean, on the surface, those things in and of themselves aren't bad things, you know, to, right. to strive for that. But essentially it was, honestly rooted with in pride um a lot of it was just wanting to be better than others a lot of it was me just trying to prove you know whether it was to myself or to others just how um good of a person i was or you know if i wasn't the best athlete i wanted to rely heavily on you know my academics and i wanted to be the best student you know if you're better at football to me or better at basketball to me at least i'm beating you in the classroom you know right um and honestly a ton of it was just rooted in pride man and um a lot of it was just moralistic a lot of it was you know, not necessarily rooted in biblical foundations, but it was honestly just rooted in pride, man, just wanting to outdo mm-hmm. everyone else and just wanting to yeah. um, continue to do outdo my my prior self. So, yeah, man, a lot of it was just trying to be the most well-rounded person. And honestly, it was difficult because I the only person to ever be a good person was Jesus Christ himself, man. Yeah. And and yeah. so trying to, to strive for this perfection um, was just a daunting task. And it was just a weight that I could not bear, you know. Absolutely, Andre. You know, I think that is so interesting. I grew up in a very similar mindset of you be a good person, you do the things that you're expected to do, and life will really pan out for itself. Um, yeah. But you see, it's not possible to be a good person. Uh, we all make decisions <laughs> and choices that don't really align with our values, and we're often pretty hypocritical in that um, and prideful. I think that's a huge thing as well, is uh, our pride often sometimes blinds us for our need for Christ. Uh, so I appreciate yeah. you sharing that reality and being really open and honest about that because it is a real thing um, yeah. for all of us. And, and I think it is important to understand um, we aren't good people as much as we may think we are, or, or despite the moments mm. we have, maybe we we serve here and there uh, in, in the community or whatever we do, um, we still have those moments of darkness in our lives. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing that, Andre. I think that is a challenge, um, especially growing mm. up in this country um, where there is such an expectation to attain a certain level of 
of success in the classroom and if you play sports out on mm. the field or the court um, there's that pressure to, to be a certain way and to have a certain level of success uh, yeah. and it can be daunting when you don't achieve that so um, I, do, sure. I do appreciate that challenge I think many um, of, our, of our listeners can relate to that and maybe even are currently mm. facing that challenge right now so tre- yeah. tre- tremendous yeah. point and it is a real a real challenge absolutely mm. and Andre you talked about that striving um, striving for perfection striving to be a good person when did you really in your life start having an interest in the person of Jesus Christ and how did you navigate through understanding the true gospel and what it means to follow Jesus Christ? Yeah, um, when you ask the question, I think of, I don't know if there's a specific like aha moment, like mm. one day, you know, that I'm sitting down and I'm specifically remembering, but it was more of just like a pocket in time. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was kind of like towards the tail end of high school and the tail end of college. So right there in that pocket, Mm-hmm. Um, mostly through my collegiate years. Um, so a lot of it was, um, I'm trying to think, it kind of began, honestly, when I was consistently attending church. Mm-hmm. It was a combination of consistently um, going to church, but yeah. then also my now wife. Um, yeah. I began, you know, pursuing her and dating her at the end of high school. And, you know, um, you know, we had our ups and downs and, um, we, you know, we were on and off here and there, you know, some of it was due to distance. Some of it was just due to other things, but, mm. um, my wife was a believer, you know, she grew up in the church and, you know, yeah. she had these strong convictions of, you know, wanting to wait till marriage to have sex, wanting to, you know, be equally yoked to her partner, mm. um, you yeah. know, and, and wanting a husband to lead, um, mm. the way that Christ has called the husband to lead the home. And, mm. you know, I wasn't a believer. So, um, I highly respected and loved um, that, that those were her values, but honestly, I wasn't in a position to actually, you know, want to succumb to that. You know, I respected it. I wanted to honor her wishes, but honestly, me being an unbeliever, I was like, Mm. you know, what's the, what's the deal with that? You know, um, I, I respect it and I appreciate it, but I just don't get what that's all about. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of the moment, um, where kind of my wheels were turning as I would talk with her and, yeah. you know, she would point to scriptures and she would point to the text. And then, you know, it made me curiosity, it sparked this curiosity in me to, to pursue the word of God in a way that I hadn't really before. Mm. Um, and then you combine that with, you know, regularly attending church services. And, you know, I bounced around a couple of different churches. Um, but then when I found a place where I was more consistent, I felt like um, some of those seeds that my now wife was planting, um, mm. we're just, con- we're starting to take a little bit root down under. Mm. Um, and I don't want to say it was because she was pressuring me or because she was like trying to like white knuckle me into the kingdom of God, but it was more so just like this interest uh, that she peaked in me that mm. God used. Yeah. Um, and I'm oftentimes very careful with this story just because I don't want to make um, make it seem like this is a normative for like unbelievers to date believers. Mm. Um, you know, I know, I know there are unique exceptions, you know, in really? people's stories such as mine. Yeah. Um, but I'm always very careful with that. But that's, I would say that's kind of the pocket in time, you know, towards the tail end of college when mm. I gave my life to Christ and kind of at the tail end of high school in between right there, like mm. going to church regularly. And then also, um, my wife now at the time when we were dating. So, Absolutely, Andre. I appreciate you sharing. I do think it's cool as well, just the th- thinking through um, how you came to have that peak of interest, and it was being surrounded by a community of other believers. You mentioned mm. attending church on a more consistent basis, having uh, your girlfriend at the time, now wife, um, mm-hmm. who was a believer, and just being surrounded by those Christians living out their witness in, in a way that, that impacted you, I think is 
is, re- is really awesome. Um, and kind of a yeah. follow-up question, Andre, if you don't mind, just really, mm-hmm. I know the gospel can be challenging to understand. Um, mm-hmm. Were there moments for you as you were kind of peaking that interest where you were a little bit confused on a certain things? And, and what were some maybe theological points you had to navigate through to really understand what the gospel meant for you? Yeah, actually, you just reminded me of a point I forgot to bring up. So with not growing up in the church, um, and I would visit different churches with my mom and my family, um, there was something I was always intrigued by. And, you know, even within the locker room and things like that, when we say the Lord's Prayer, I had a lot of friends who grew up in the church. Um, but it was baptism and communion, you know, the sacraments, the ordinances, those mm. things actually um I would always ask friends at school, like, hey, have you been baptized? And, you know, everybody was like, yeah, of course. And then like, I felt like an outcast because I was like, okay, I'm the only person that hasn't been baptized. Um, And so that was kind of something where um, it kind of stuck with me. Um, And then like, you know, we would attend church and because I wasn't a believer at the time, you know, I wouldn't take communion. And so I, again, when I would attend church services, I kind of felt like the outcast. Um, And so that kind of stuck with me, but then it got to a turning point where I was, um, you know, that we had a series on, um, baptism in the gospel. Mm. And honestly, this was like right before my conversion. This was kind of like the turning point before I actually, you know, put my faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but the way that the gospel was being explained, well, helping us to explain or explaining the understanding of baptism being an obedient response to the gospel. Mm. And I never really quite understood that. I kind of, you know, I had, you know, I might've had some weird, uh, thinkings or, or beliefs mm. of what baptism actually was. But once I, once I heard it being flushed out of like this being a pub, a public proclamation in a tangible way of you professing your faith in Jesus Christ, mm. um, to God, to the church and to others. Um, and so that was kind of the turning point. I think that was 2016 around yeah. that time. I, I heard a sermon series about, it was like a four week series on baptism and the gospel. And essentially that was the turning point where I was like, okay, I understand, you know, Jesus, you know, lived the perfect sinless life that we could mm. not live. He died the death that we deserve. He rose victoriously mm-hmm. um, from the grave, defeating and conquering both sin and death. And for those who will turn from their sin and put their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you will inherit, you know, in eternal life. Um, and through that, you then respond because Jesus commanded and modeled baptism mm-hmm. um, in the gospel accounts, you know, and so. I understood, wow, this is what baptism is. And so mm. fast forward later that year, I believe the date was September 4th, 2016. Mm. I believe it was September 3rd, September 4th, 2016 was the day, you know, I went all in and got baptized. So wow. um, that was a major turning point, just hearing Absolutely. teachings about baptism and the gospel, man. Mm. So that was kind of that, that, I would say that would be like the aha moment mm. is when, you know, I heard that teaching. Absolutely, Andre. I think that's incredible too. Even bringing it back to when you felt like the outcast um, yeah. in, in your prior days, and now uh, you're hearing mm. this sermon and seeing how it is possible to be welcomed into the family of God. I think that's a beautiful mm-hmm. picture. Um, mm. And I think for so many of us, a lot of these, especially again, I think growing up in the United States where Christianity is so prevalent, a lot of these things mm. become ritualistic, traditional. Um, they don't have the same power that that they did. Um, in biblical times, and even as they're revealed th- to us through Scripture, um, mm-hmm. so being able to recognize the power of not only these things like baptism, um, but in communion, mm-hmm. but really um, seeing that we can become a part of what Christ has done um, and really be a part of His kingdom through believing His gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that's that's really interesting to talk about in terms of a testimony 
Um, you always try to really talk about, hey, I came to Christ, and then and my life has been you know so great afterwards. But the reality is, life is never problem free. We're always facing challenges, and at times, mm-hmm. there's even more challenges once you come to Christ. So I love to ask for you, uh, what have been some challenges you have faced walking with Christ over these past four or five years? Yeah. So there's kind of two that really stick out to me. I believe the first one was kind of that moment where, you know, I placed my faith in Jesus. I was getting discipled. I was connected to other believers. And I think the something that was difficult for me to wrestle with was almost like it was trying to navigate friendships. You know, it was, you know, I hung out with, you know, some a certain crowd of people and, you know, they weren't living for Christ. And so I was kind of in this weird spot where I was trying to navigate like Jesus dined with, I mean, sat with sinners and dined with sinners. Mm. So like, I don't want to like separate myself from people who were unbelievers. But then at the same time, I also understood like, you know, if you continue to, you know, hang out with the wrong people who are unbelievers, Mm. you know, some of that may influence, you know, your living. And so I was trying to like wrestle with this tension of like, do Mm. I, remain like strong friends with my, the people from my past or do yeah. I move on and, you know, just go and be friends with believers. And that was something that was really, really, um, and I still imperfectly um, wrestle with it, but that was something that when I first came to Christ, um, I was really struggling mm-hmm. with it. And even just like yeah. caring so much about what people think about me, um, yeah. you know, I, again, uh, back to my past, you know, I cared so much about my image and being so, mm. you know, known and well-rounded for my accolades and things in that sort. Um, but that was something that was really difficult was just juggling and balancing and navigating, um, just circles of friends of people that I had from my past, um, moving forward. And then the second thing, um, this would probably be another podcast for another day, but, <laughs> Um, getting uh, kind of engulfed in some false teachings, man. Mm. Um, coming to faith, um, very being very young in my faith, be, being a baby Christian, so to speak. Um, I was starting to hear and adopt some false teachings. You know, I don't really, I, I can't name all of them right now, but I mean, a couple of them I think of, you know, uh, prosperity gospel, you know, mm. the health and wealth gospel that yeah. promises that it's always God's will to heal and for you to be rich and prosperous. Um, and that was something I was kind of eating up at a point in my in a season um, in my walk in Christianity. And it was mm. something that was becoming detrimental um, yeah. in my walk because it was hindering me from being anchored in the truth. Mm. I was swaying from the truth. You know, I was yeah. um, really battling and trying to reconcile these false mm. teachings and with yeah. the truth of Scripture. And so that was something that was kind of knocking me off you know, my, my square, so to speak. Um, and then also like in some workplaces that I was in, man, I was being confronted and hit with some like other, you know, world religions or, um, you know, cults or just different things like that, man, Mm. I was starting to get, you know, a little rocked. And so being early in my faith, I'm like, I don't really, you know, I'm just fired up about Mm. Jesus. You know, you know, I'm just, I came to faith. I'm excited. And, you know, I don't really have all these, you know, tools in my belt to combat, you know, these other worldviews and things like that. Mm. Um, which kind of led to, you know, my passion for apologetics, man. So, yeah. um, well, like I said, that's a podcast for another day, but just those were kind of the biggest um, struggles that I've, mm. I began to face when I became a Christian was the friendships and then um, being confronted with false teachings. Absolutely, Andre. You know, I think that those are two tremendous and very applicable points, I think, for young Christians um, who are listening to this podcast and even Christians who have been following Christ for many years. Um, friends are always important. Um, I think mm-hmm. to, to your point, there is a an aspect where we need to be around those who who don't know Christ to be a witness 
Um, and Jesus ate with sinners and sufferers as well. So there's that reality um, mm-hmm. and, and that importance. However, uh, it's really important to have community. One thing we hit on heavy here at USG is being connected to Christian community and accountability. Um, yeah. We don't have other believers really you know, having an eye on us and, and discussing with us the, the decisions we're making and things of that nature. Um, it, we are tempted to fall off the track. So I think really a, it, it's a struggle, and, and it sometimes is a, is a pull and a challenge to really understand what's the balance here. Um, and I think yeah. that's something that, to your point, we're all imperfectly working through, uh, me included. Um, and, and I think as we continue to walk with Christ, we will uh, see the people that are good for us and those that maybe aren't. Um, mm. And I think that's a really tough part of walking with Christ. And then secondly, yeah. false teachings. Man, I think now with social media and the internet, it's like it's all over the place. Um, and, yeah. and I think yeah. we can relate to that as well. And I think what what really resonated with me in terms of what you were saying um, is I think that really shows me how much we need to be in the scriptures and the importance of uh, surrounding ourselves again with, with a strong group of Christians that have um, sound theology. We're not supposed to have all the answers, um, mm-hmm. but I do think we do need to have a proper understanding of the basic core uh, elements and tenets of Christianity. And so to your point, apologetics is huge. Um, mm. It's a huge part of my walk with Christ as well. Um, that mm. is probably a whole nother podcast, but um, <laughs> no, I, I do think it's something we all face. Uh, I think we're all tempted to, um, you know, really believe things that don't align with the truths in scripture. And I think really continuing to edify our understanding of uh, the scriptures and having mentors and other believers around us to walk us through those those challenging seasons is really important. So I appreciate so you sharing, Andre. Super real uh, challenges that I think all of us face mm-hmm. um, pretty consistently as we walk with Christ. So I really appreciate you yeah. sharing that. Yeah, for sure. And Andre, a cool aspect, too, of your testimony um, is you have served in ministry in a variety of roles. As I mentioned, you were where currently with Athletes in Action, and you were with Traders Point uh, Christian Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about those experiences serving in ministry and what led uh, you to have that desire to serve Christ in ministry. Yeah, um, it came down to just a passion that God really, really um, ignited mm-hmm. um, shortly after my conversion, you know, getting, you know, baptized and then going out into the world to, you know, to be a witness for Christ. Yeah. Um, by the grace of God, God put people in my life, you know, he put godly men to come alongside me and to walk with me and to model what it's like to be a Christian man and to, mm. you know, look to the scriptures and be rooted and anchored in those. Um, and yeah. so having that, um, that model was so, so crucial. And so from that point, having seen what discipleship is, mm. it just ignited this strong passion in me for, for me to go out and want to do the same. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wasn't necessarily seeking um, or, or looking out to um, find a position in ministry, mm. but uh, I started to feel this, um, you know, this yearning or this call because, you know, I was working in different spaces mm-hmm. and I was, you know, wrestling with like feeling like sometimes work was a distraction from ministry. Um, yeah. And it just felt like something where at least in that season, it was mm. like, man, this is kind of getting in the way of like what I want to do. Cause I was, you know, I was heavily invested in decide, I mean, Bible studies and things going on throughout the week. So I was mm. really just like, man, God, like I, if I feel like work is being a distraction, maybe you wanting me to, you know, work vocationally within ministry. And, you know, mm. I, I had no idea if that was true or not, but I just felt yeah. this calling and this yearning for it. Absolutely. Um, and so, 
So shortly after is kind of when I began to pursue, mm. you know, positions and, and some of them I didn't even pursue. They just kind of fell in my lap, you yeah. know, um, connecting with people and, you know, having mutual friends with others and just, mm. you know, God was starting to put the pieces of puzzle together. And um, looking back now, just the way that he orchestrated all of it, I, I really felt I really felt this strong call and desire to work in vocational ministry. So, yeah, um, yeah it wasn't something I sought out. It was yeah. really just something that God brought me to, um, Absolutely. you know. So that's kind of, hopefully that answered the question. Yeah, absolutely, Andre. I think uh, it's really cool. I think I can even speak a little bit. I've shared before on the podcast just how I came uh, to where I'm at now at USG, and it was totally unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. Couldn't have predicted it. It was it was something that the Lord really just put on my heart. Um, mm. But I do think it, there is something really it, cool about when, when God puts you in a position to serve in ministry. Um, and yeah. I'd love to hear from you, maybe a kind of an on-the-spot question, but what did you learn from those experiences serving Christ in ministry? There's so much that goes into it. Um, as fun as it is, it can often be challenging. So what did you learn um, both with Athletes in Action and at Traders Point Christian Church? Yeah, uh, something I think of, it, and I don't know how true it is, but it, it oftentimes seems that um, within Christendom that uh, – Working voc- in vocational many vocational ministry is glamorous. Mm. Um, I think it's kind of a misconception sometimes. Yeah. And so I think that's something that um, something that's important for people to realize is that it's not glamorous. You know, it's mm. you know you're dealing with people and you're also dealing with you know your own heart in that. And so right. working vocationally in ministry, it's it's such such a reward um, mm. because you see you get a front row seat. Um, to see God work in people's lives within the church. Um, yeah. And it's such an incredible, incredible privilege and opportunity mm. um, that God has been, that God has blessed us with. Yeah. Um, but it's also very difficult um, in many ways, just because sometimes you can often neglect your own spiritual growth um, by trying to just pour out, pour out, pour out, mm. um, which pouring out isn't, you know, isn't bad in and of itself right. because you're serving the kingdom of God. You're serving the people of God. Um, and you're caring for them and you're leading them and you're mm. equipping them. And, you know, so those are all rewarding things. And I think it's such a privilege, but I also think that it's very difficult sometimes to navigate and balance mm. um, your personal relationship with the Lord while you're working in vocational ministry, because yeah. I've been guilty of, you know, sometimes when you're preparing a study or you're preparing mm. a lecture or whatever it is, um, you know, you may just be seeking the scripture just to come up with something to teach, you know, rather than actually seeking the word of God mm. for your own transformation in your own heart yeah. um, before you go out and display it with others. So that's another trap that, you know, I've been guilty of falling in. Mm. Um, and so I think something really important to keep in the forefront of ministry is that you you want to be a servant. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not doing it for the title. You're not doing it for you know, the accolades or for the, you know, for the attention or whatever. Mm. Um, but you're wanting to do it unto the glory of God and you're wanting to do it to serve his people. Amen. So just being humble, having that humility, that Christ-like humility and yeah. servanthood um, is so, so pivotal. And also abiding in the Lord, trusting in the Lord and resting in the Lord in your own personal mm. walk with Jesus is key. Because if you don't do those things, you'll quickly feel the effects of it, you know, in your life yeah. and in your heart. Um, and oftentimes with your friends and family and even in your ministry. So mm. um, you have to be anchored and rooted in Christ and your relationship with Jesus, um, first and foremost, before you're trying to just go out and, um, you know, perform, so to speak. Yeah, oh, absolutely, Andrea. I think so much of that I can relate to. And it really is the reality of, 
you know, first of all, humility plays a huge role in it. Um, it can mm. be easy, especially if you're coaching young professionals in sports or you're leading uh, a group at, at church or you're teaching um, or you're giving mm-hmm. a, a lesson or whatever it might be um, to focus so much on how well it's it's put together or how powerful it's going to be or is this is this more powerful than this guy's message or whatever it might be it can be a trap mm. um, to re- yeah. receive that that applause or that man you know this powerful message is what transforms somebody's life um, so I think humility is key um, yep. and then secondly I really resonated with your point on reading God's word for the purpose of growing closer to him and our understanding mm-hmm. of him not to find a good message um, or a good mm. teaching and I think that's really uh, something that I think is a is a good learning point as well, even for those that aren't in ministry, because we're all in ministry in some form or fashion in our lives. Mm-hmm. To study the Word, um, to have intimate relationship with God, not to have broader knowledge, um, I think mm. is, is really. We can often make the Bible really academic. I'm guilty of that. It's easy to do it, mm. um, but it's it's so much more than that. And so I think finding that balance is is really key. And then the last point you made too is. We often pour out so much, uh, whether it is in our in our work lives or in our spiritual lives, but especially walking with Christ, we have to pour in as much as we pour out. Um, and if we're pouring mm-hmm. out constantly, um, we'll have some some struggles in our own personal walks with Christ. So, finding mm-hmm. a balance um, and I think learning through the mistakes is really a good takeaway from from what you said, um, mm-hmm. but also seeing the benefit of ministry as well. Um, yeah. And for our listeners, I think a good application, uh, being in sports and understanding. That a career in sports oftentimes is so rigorous from a time perspective um, that it can often drain us uh, to a level where we have little energy left to pour back into the kingdom or, or to, into our own walks with Christ. And so finding that balance as well um, and realizing that you know our relationships with God need to be priority um, and making Amen. sure we're pouring into ourselves and into our walks with Christ is key. So great points, Andre. I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, yeah. And Andre, lastly, uh, looking back at your story, I mean, so much wisdom and just hearing your testimony. What advice would you give our listeners, young professionals working in sports, as they continue to walk with Christ in their lives? Yeah, um, it it may sound cliche, you know, but, you know, in the highs and lows of life and in this Christian walk, you know, through the storms, through the valleys, through, you know, the great moments, through Mm -hmm. the low moments, um, keeping our eyes fixed on Christ, keeping our eyes fixed on eternity, um, you know, and keeping our eyes fixed on God's word and mm. just being anchored in that, being anchored in the truth, but being anchored in his grace. Yeah. Um, because what, you know, having our relationship with God and having mm. that overflow is so key because a lot of times, you know, we may try to white knuckle ministry or we may try to do things in our own strength, but living in the grace that mm. God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ and the beauty of the gospel. Yeah is where God will do his work, you know? Mm. Um, and so just keeping your eyes fixed on him through yeah. the storms, through the valleys, keeping your eye fix, eyes fixed on his word yeah. and also keeping an eternal perspective. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, we'll keep our mind fixed on our everyday problems mm. or the busyness of life or, you know, so many different things, but um, it's, it's so key to keep our eyes fixed on eternity and keep our eyes fixed on the kingdom of God, um, yeah. first and foremost, man. So amen. I hope that helps. Yeah, Andre. Amen. Uh, eternal mindset is something that I've really tried to embrace in my own Christian walk. It's, uh, it's very difficult for me. Um, I, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know why that is personality thing, but yeah. it's difficult. Same, um, same, man. It, it, I think it's a challenge for all of us, really. I mean, it's, it's not something that's easy to do. Um, I love mm. one Peter chapter two, when he, 
uses the terminology live as foreigners and exiles um, and, and abstain from sinful desires. I think the word foreigner just, I think is so, it's interesting um, mm. because yeah. we don't feel like foreigners here um, naturally. We feel so at home and we oftentimes build a home and a kingdom here um, not, mm. not recognizing what is to come. And so I think uh, in light of just the, the brevity of life, um, in light of just um, how difficult life can be, recognizing that we need to pour ourselves uh, to Christ um, and give everything to Him daily um, as we walk mm. with Him. And, and life can be a joy sometimes as well. I don't want to make life sound like it's never joyful. There are those <laughs> moments where, where life is pretty pretty exciting. Um, but mm -hmm. the, real, the real gift of life is Christ and looking towards uh, eternity with Him in the new creation, I think, is uh, one way to truly keep our eyes fixed on Him and make Him the first above all things in our life. So great advice, Amen. Andre. I think for for anybody in any career, but especially in sports, um, recognizing that everything we have here is temporary, as exciting as it is to work in sports and to have mm -hmm. that career um, and to live out your dream of, of being an equipment director or being a coach or whatever it might be, um, those things are temporary and Christ is eternal and he is the true satisfaction um, of our lives. So great Amen. work there, Andre. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Brother. Absolutely. Everything we want to do is to glorify God, Amen. whether it's on the field, whether it's in the classroom, whether mm -hmm. it's in the workplace, all we do as Christians is ultimately looking to glorify God. So yeah, absolutely Amen. agree with everything though. Amen, Andre. Well, Andre, we appreciate your time. It was a pleasure having you on the show, brother, and getting to see you. And thanks for taking some time to join us. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.